Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Episode 69 of Blue Jays Nation Radio and the Jays take two of three from the Boston Red Sox. Nice. Right, Cam? It was nice. It was a damn shame that this all didn't happen yesterday on 420. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we're also joined by nice. we're also joined by uh, brand new Blue Jays boy Bag Milk. I'm here, I'm ready. Want some money today? I'm excited. I also want some. It would have been nice if the Jays would have covered the run line. Yeah. But yeah. And if, if Bo would have got a home run for me, that would have been nice too. That was plus six fifty. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Points Bet Canada. <laughs> uh, yeah. Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. They are a sponsor of our show. So is DoorDash. Promo code BJN Pod gets first time users twenty five percent off and no delivery f- fees. Ding dong. Shout out to DoorDash. Uh, Coomzy. Uh, we're, we're starting with the ups. All right. And I want to start with Always. this game today. It's three up, three down. Kevin Gosman with just an absolute. It, the best start of the year. And uh, the two from Manoa have been good. But this one from Gosman today, he just looked so in control. And it's weird to look at the game log and still see that like the Red Sox put up eight hits. But I mean, Gosman, eight innings, only one earned eight strikeouts as well. Um, that was unbelievable that's that's what you wanted to see from gosman when they signed him yeah that's definitely it that was his um that was his introduction to the blue jays that was him showing exactly who he is because he has pretty big shoes to fill he's coming in and he's trying to replace robbie ray who won the cy young last year but to be completely honest as great as robbie ray was that but uh as as great as he was last Mm -hmm. year there was no start in which i felt robbie ray was as dominant as gosman was just there you know, Ray had a whole bunch of really good starts, struck a bunch of guys out. It was great. But Gosman today had the Red Sox just looking foolish. Like every time they made contact, it was a single or like a little, little bloop. Yeah. Just like nothing. And I'm personally shocked that Charlie and I guess the analytics staff, the high performance department or whoever it was, didn't allow him to pitch a complete game because he was just cruising. It looked like he could have pitched like six more innings. Yeah. I, let's talk about that. What was the pitch count at? He was 88. 88 yeah. But it's the last inning. He's going, he'd have to go through the meat of that Red Sox order again. And he, they gave him a shot and he gave up the hit. So the fact that they threw him out there for the ninth, I, I, I don't hate it. I think you, if you're going to bring a guy out for the ninth inning and he's going to have to go up against the other team's best, I get that he's a good against him, but he did give up seven hits in the game. I think giving him that short leash in the ninth is fine. And after the first hit, you kind of go like, Hey, you know what? We got a guy sitting in our bullpen in Jordan Romano, who is currently riding the franchise record for consecutive saves. I didn't hate the decision. I liked that. I liked the way they handled it all around. You bring him up for the ninth, you give him a chance and there you go from there. Yeah. My thinking was so Romano had already pitched in six games this year. He's pitched in like half their games. I think now it's, they played 13 times, right? And that's, 
is it now that was his seventh appearance? Yeah, as that was our so, that's, game. so he's 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 been in more than half of the team's games. So how far often this do you year. want it your seems like how often do you want your closer out? Ideally, not that often. Probably closer like, to like the thirty percent range, right? Yeah, you don't want him out <laughs> pitching eighty-one times this season, right? Like the Jays have had a lot of tight games this year and it didn't really feel like this one actually was tight at all. It seems like this was a great chance for them to just say, okay, Gosman's thrown 88. This guy can throw 110, 120 pitches. He's an old school ace. Like let's give our bullpen a rest and he's probably going to get through it. I would, I would have taken that gamble personally. Yeah, I see that side of it. I just think, you know, this, these are big divisional games, even if they're in April. I also wonder with Gosman, we've talked a lot, every show, short spring training, right? That's true. Um, so I, I wonder if this is early July. Is Kevin Gosman going to get to go to 110? And I would hope so, right? Yeah, I would hope so. I think, yeah, you're right. That's true. I kind of I kind of uh, didn't appreciate enough the, the spring training thing. Mm-hmm. I'd say, if, yeah, if this happens later on in the summer and Charlie's yanking a guy after throwing 88 pitches mm-hmm. and he's been untouchable, then that'd be upsetting. Or, you know, <laughs> this isn't a playoff game. <laughs> and you see a situation like that, people wouldn't be thrilled. But... I'll give him the benefit of the doubt here. I, I just think it was, it seemed like a prime, it seemed like a prime chance for him to throw a complete game shutout. And I guess I, I, I was probably too attached to that happening because I told myself early in the game, I was like, Kevin Gosman's going to toss a complete game shutout. He's going to twirl a gem. This hasn't happened since fucking 2015. It's been seven years since the Blue Jays has done that. So I was very invested and I, was, and I, I wound up being disappointed, but can't be disappointed with the series result. No, and that brings us to our second up, which is the game they won game two. It was off the back of a five run second inning where the Jays just absolutely exploded. It was Rymel Tapia going yard. Yeah, I liked uh, Coombsy. Tyler text me about Tapia to explain what he is on the roster to me. I asked Tyler to give me like hockey metaphors to explain these guys so that I can understand better who's who. He explained Tapia as a Chris Russell for the Blue Jays. Like so a to Tapia have, home run is a Chris Russell goal. So I was like, okay, now I'm in. Now I understand. Okay, I like it. That works actually. That, that's actually not bad. It's, he's kind of like, um, you ever watch the Mighty Ducks movies? Of course. Remember the one kid from like Florida or something and he skates real fast, but he can't stop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of what Tapia yeah, reminds me of. But uh, I've, I've started to quite like Tapia. He's, he's on base all the time now. And uh, somebody on Twitter, I think it was uh, the Zoobs that said, whenever Tapia's on base, he's one base ahead of where you think he should be. So you're like, oh yeah, Tapia's on first. But it turns out he's at second. And he's moving around real quick out there. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, so far this season now for Tapia, 35 at-bats. He's come around to score five times. He's got eight hits. He's got the dinger to his name as well. So his OPS, 572. His batting average is 229. Uh, you know, not the hottest start by any means, but you're right. It feels like he's maybe starting to come around a little bit. Uh, we're kind of we're kind of rotating our ups and downs because we did the Gosman Masterclass. Then we did the quick hook on Gosman as a down. Then we did the second inning on Wednesday. I'm going to go to our second down now. George Springer getting hurt was incredibly alarming in the moment. And then in game three, he comes out to pinch hit. But I'll be honest, those two pinch hits almost concerned me. Like when he was going down after it looked like he was maybe like bracing or wincing. I was worried. Yeah, I was going to I was just going to say his final strikeout in a second at bat. It looked just like the strikeout that Teoscar had in New York when he swung out of his boots and he hurt himself. I mean, it's obviously not going to be the same thing. It's not, you know, getting drilled in the forearm by a pitch the night before isn't the same as swinging real hard and hurting your oblique. But he just didn't look fully cozy in the batter's box at all in those two at-bats. 
maybe it's because he was pinch hitting. I don't know, but I'm not sure I would have been in a rush to put him into that game again. It, it, it really didn't it seem weird. all that necessary. It seems like he could have just used the rest. It kind of feels like they're playing every single game like it's number 162 right now in that sense, right? Like even today, going to Romano, using Romano as often as they are. It seems to, maybe it's because of what happened last year, but it seems like there's a hyper focus on like, don't let games slip. Yeah, I, it's not shocking that we're kind of seeing them play these games that hard now. I don't think they're going to be playing, you know, a game in May against Seattle quite so hard. But right now against Boston and the Yankees, it does make sense because I think everyone knows that it's going to be real tight at the end of the year. And mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of matchups right now. Maybe those two teams aren't at their best right now. So let's capitalize here and pick up some wins. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Bag milk before we get to our final ups and downs for the series. What was your big takeaway from this uh, taking two out of three against the Red Sox? You don't want to get hit in the head with a fastball. No, you don't want to do that. That was uh, shocking. <laughs> that's one. It was terrifying, right? The noise. Oh, God. Yeah, I was. Do you imagine how loud it is inside that guy's ears? Terrifying. It's just one of those ones where you see it happen. A guy goes down and goes, oh, fuck. Yeah. Obviously, you don't mean to hit, like, I mean, you're a pitcher, right? You can't always be dialed in, dialed in, but Jesus. Uh, what else? Oh, you know what? Betting on starting pitchers for the Jays right now hasn't been working out for me. Yeah, it hasn't been great. Um, although, although today I did a, a strikeout bet and I, I got that today. Kevin Gosman might be the guy for you. Yeah. Um, going back to game one, it maybe wasn't statistically the best start, although maybe that's being unfair, but Kikuchi went five innings. Good. He gave him a good five innings there. Another takeaway. Mm-hmm. Kikuchi's windup, wild. Mm-hmm. He's got like a stutter in there. It's like he's got to prime the engine before he chucks that baby. It is chaotic to watch. It really is. It's if you like kind of goofy pitches, then Kikuchi definitely is your guy. He's very, he's got a really, really animated windup, which is quite exciting. And my boy Simber, the way he fucking chucks it from his shoelaces, I have no idea how that works. The mechanics of how those guys throw is makes as, no sense. As a new baseball fan, watching Adam Simber for the first time must have been eye opening. Well, it's not that I hadn't seen sidearm yeah, yeah, pitchers yeah. before. It's just like my brain can't compute how he gets any power out of doing it that way. And like, is that a, is that a conscious choice to throw baseballs that way? Like obviously earlier in his career, like how did he go from throwing normally to like that? I don't understand how it happens. I think every sidearm guy kind of has like a different story behind it. Like some guys just naturally kind of do it. And some guys make the conscious choice when they're in like high school, like, damn, if I'm going to make it anywhere, I need to be different. And they just like start doing it. It must be wild trying to hit that though. Mm-hmm. Like where the release point is down near the ground. It's fucking odd. The weirdest yeah. one for me in terms of, I have no idea how you get any velo on this was Aaron loop. It looked like he was throwing darts like at a board. <laughs> and it was shocking to see that guy get like into the nineties on his pitches. I was like, how on earth do you do that? Do you guys ever have Eric Sabrowski on this podcast? Yeah, we did. Uh, over the offseason, we talked to him. We should ask him about that. The mechanics of throwing pitches like that. Because he's not a sidearm, but obviously no. you probably have experience or know some. Like, how does this work? The mechanics behind it is always mind-blowing when you really like sit an and think hard about it. Um, but the mechanics behind all of it, like you'll have the pitchers who throw high nineties and their delivery is like violent, right? Like it's coming at you. The arms going all over the place. They got all this torque going on and you're like, damn, that guy's trying real hard and he's throwing the ball hard. But then you'll have the guys sort of like Kikuchi who like the nice slow wind up he pauses, he builds up and then he delivers. And you're like, how is that? How are you getting that ball so quick? It's wild. Another takeaway for me, Tyler. Mm-hmm. 
People don't want to pitch to Vladdy at all. No, they do not. That's I think a product of Teoscar being out too, though, right, Cam? Uh, yeah, you'd think it's Vladdy would definitely see more competitive pitches when he has Teoscar batting behind him because right now you have Guriel who's not in one of his. We talked about this on an earlier podcast, and it seems like Guriel is either ice cold and will not hit anything ever, or he's so nuclear hot every single time he comes up, he's going to hit a double. And right now he's in one of those cold streaks where it feels like, I mean, he did get on base today, though he did run into an out and he had that hilarious slide, but it feels right now like he's not really hitting anything. So if you're facing Vladdy, it's like, all right, I'm obviously not going to throw Vladdy anything remotely hittable because even if you throw a Garrett Cole 98 mile an hour fastball at his hands, he's still going to hit it into fucking space. So they're just giving him nothing. Nothing. That's the way it's probably going to be until Teoscar comes back or somebody steps up. Because Vladdy doesn't have any protection right now. He walked his first two at bats yesterday, right? Yes. Just nothing. Junk. Junk out there. What are you typing away over here, Tyler? Does he always do this cam where he's distracted? I don't know. Oh, no, Tyler's usually pretty locked in. Usually, uh, I usually just write up some notes and he goes along and <laughs> does his radio voice, interviews me like I'm an expert, huh. and then I ramble on incoherently for minutes at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we talked about the Kikuchi bounce back start. That was a good sign, right, Cam? Like, especially the way, like Beg Milk said, betting on the starting pitchers this year has not been good. But if they can get a guy like Kikuchi who can just consistently come in, five, six innings, only give up a run or two. You're going to take that night in or start in, start out from Kikuchi. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Kikuchi, the first start in New York, I watched it and I was like, I don't know how this guy gets anyone out. Cause it seemed like he was just consistently throwing like the exact same fastball kind of right around the zone. I was like, Oh geez. Like how, the, how, how guys aren't just teeing off on this is, is mind boggling to me, but he looked a lot more confusing against Boston. It looks like he had them guessing a little bit more. There is still, there's still some things you don't love. There was loud contact. He was walking guys, but geez, this is the number five starter here. It's you get five innings and he allows one or two runs. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You, you it really, at this point with this guy, it's about innings. You just don't want him to come out and pitch two innings and you have to go into your bullpen. It's just yeah. get through five, get through six. We're happy. So our three ups were Gosman masterclass, that explosive second inning in the winning effort on Wednesday. Kikuchi looked good going to the downs. Can I add a bonus one? Yep. Chapman putting money in my jeans. Chapman is, I mean, that was a great series for me. Even this last game, he picked up three hits, right? Three for four. He picked up the RBI as well. I think he had a hit in every single game of this series. Uh, He did went one for four in the first two. Um, He's starting to come around a little bit. Like you think back that first series, remember it kind of took him like a game and a bit to to get going. Then he hit that dinger, obviously. Tyler Um, and I had a very animated high five when Chapman got a base hit today because we both won some money. Yes, we did. Shout out to him. Coomsey, we miss you at the office, pal, because we had everybody in here watching the Jays today. It's a little day, daytime Jays. Yeah, that's the that's the stuff I miss most. It was always those random summer games where we'd put it on and you guys would all be like asking me to explain the rules and shit. And people would be like, why do you like this? This is boring. <laughs> Not boring anymore. Now we got we got a whole baseball group in the mix now. That's been a. That's been a revolution over the past five years. This is not what it was in 2017. That's for sure. No, no. There's a lot of sports talk going on in the office these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cause you're big into F1. You and Liam don't shut up about the F1. Oh, I'm I got to get into F1. That. I know me too, man. I'm not the into net, it, what, the Netflix show. What's it yeah. called? Drive right. to survive. I just finished oh, yeah. all four seasons and I couldn't have given two thunderous fucks about F1 four weeks ago. 
And then I finished the series and I'm looking forward to watching the race on Sunday. It's who do you like? Really who well do you put for? I really like a Ferrari driver named Charles Leclerc. I think that he's really talented. Mick Schumacher is fun to watch because obviously the lineage and the name, um, there's a bunch of guys that are really interesting. And as you follow along the stories in the show, you get to know a little bit about the personalities and you start cheering for certain guys. So it's, it's well done. It's really well done. If you're into sports cool. documentaries. Now, what are you writing? I, I, you were talking about F1, my guy. <laughs> this is your podcast, man. I'm just here to I'm just chilling. Uh, the three downs. We talked about the quick hook on Gosman. You know, I'll give you a, half a down for that. Uh, Springer getting hurt is mildly concerning How hurt as well. Though? Well, I mean, just is, anytime you see him go down as a Jays fan, you're paranoid, right? Right. Um, so how much time did he miss last year? Oh, he missed like half the season yeah, last year. Two different season. injuries. He was, uh, he missed the first month and a half or so. Or no, he came back early and he was only in, he was only in for a couple games mm -hmm. and he hit his home run. It was very exciting. And then he limped out when he hit the grounder and then he goes back on the injured list and then he's there for quite a while. And then they go out to Seattle and they have that nightmare road trip where they're terrible in Anaheim, awesome. terrible in Seattle. And he jumps and hits the wall. He gets hurt there too, but he came back in September. So I think all told he played like 75 games. Is this enough games played now? What'd you say? 13? Yeah. Is this enough games 14. now where you kind of have like an idea of, of the new guys and what you're thinking, or is it still too soon? I think it's still mm -hmm. too soon. I think, I think you need to get soon, like yeah. the 20 uh, eat, eat, with the shortened spring training, I'd say 30, 40 games before you really want to make any like concrete assumptions about any given player, you know? Yeah. You need at least a month. I think at any given time, like a, like a 10 game sample size at any given point in the season is going to give you a lot of <clears throat> really weird and random results. So you don't want to draw too much from that 13. You're getting a bit closer. I'd say, yeah, 15 is about the smallest sample size of games you'd want to have to draw like any kind of worthwhile conclusion. Yeah. Speaking of which Zach Collins, what <laughs> this guy yeah, just, it's his world, man. We're all just living in it. He had another so bomb to the series. So Collins hit a Jack the other day. Mm -hmm. He was swapped for another catcher for defense for offense. Is that basically what that trade was? Uh, yeah. Well, no, part of it was that Collins and McGuire, like Collins had options. Yeah. Collins is younger. He can go down to the minors. Whereas oh, okay. Reese McGuire, you have to put him through waivers. All right. Yeah. Um, but Collins is off to a great start. We talked about him on the last pod, but he's batting 333. His OPS is over a thousand. He's got two home runs now in 24 ABs. It's been a great start to the year for him. Um, but I wanted to stick with the downs here. We haven't finished up our three down, uh, Bo's errors in that first game. Uh, not great. Kind of cost them the game. Like I have a tough time saying it cost them the game when they only scored one run. Like yeah, they, they would have lost the, six, five. I would have been like, ah, you needed to come in with less than that. Like Bo cost them, but I have a tough time throwing it all on Bo when your offense just wasn't there that night. Yeah. It felt, it, it just, it was an easy scapegoat. Yeah. <clears throat> it was, uh, you know, it just kind of felt like they should have scored more runs in that game. You know, maybe of all the only goes four and two thirds innings. He allows seven hits. He walks a guy, the one earned run he allows is a solo dinger. It just felt like the whole game, they were going to kick the door open and they didn't yeah. and they lost. And it was a very clear reason why they lost because, you know, the bow error comes around to haunt them as it always does when you do that kind of thing in Fenway. But yeah, like you said, at the end of the day, like they didn't do fuck all offensively. You're not going to win the game one, nothing in Fenway. It never happens. How many so Bo's, were there? Bo's error was unfortunate, but it wasn't the sole reason they lost eight or nine left in scoring position. Uh, the Jays. That's what I noticed was yeah, yeah the bow error. But to me, I also, as just, you know, new into that, I thought I was like, man, that's a tough play to make running to yeah. or towards third base and chucking it across, but it's not an easy play. No. 
what do you say? Eight stranded base runners. And with runners in scoring position, they were zero for five. So yeah, like I, him, I, I put the loss on that. Like, again, if you go two for five with runners in scoring position, you win that game three, two, regardless of Bo Bichette's errors, right? You'd think like you just, I mean, you got pretty good pitching from that game. Kikuchi, yeah. you know, he wasn't a masterclass like Gosman, but he worked his way into another jams and then, you know, Phelps Garcia and Richards come in and they just slammed the door. So, you know, it was a, it was definitely a winnable game, but oh, well, it happens. I, I said it Springer kind of a half down cause he's hurt, but he's not hurt. Uh, the quick hook on Gosman is a half down the last one. Cause Bo's air shirt. That's a down. Barrios given up a ton of hard contact again. Was that worrying to you? Like he found a way to scrape, to grind through six innings. Only one earned. He only walked one. I like that as well. The control looked like it was back. He struck out six, but eight hits. And a lot of them were hits. Like the Red Sox getting all of the ball and driving them. I was impressed, I think, by Barrios not just getting out of that first inning, but then just going and chucking five more after that, because it quite honestly looked like it was going to be the opening day, Texas Rangers yeah. start all over again. But cause I was at the opening day game and I remember I was watching Barrios when the Rangers were lighting him up and he was walking around behind the mound. He looked anxious. He looked frustrated. Whereas in Boston, obviously you're not at the game. So you're just watching through the broadcast. So you can only see so much, but he looked a lot more calm and he just kind of got through it. And then, you know, just managed to pitch five more innings, which is exactly what you need because like we've said already, the the bullpen is so heavily taxed, but you know, you're not wrong. He has been getting hit quite hard a lot this year, but to be fair, it is against, yeah. it's against pretty good hitters, right? Like you're, you know, you're getting hit by a, by a Xander Bogarts or Raphael does uh, Raphael Devers, a JD Martinez, yeah. a Trevor story. It's not like he's getting drilled by the fucking Orioles here. Like they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not, they're not, it's not That's that worrying just yet. Fair point. Um, another thing. Oh, uh, no one makes me angrier to just watch play baseball than Alex Verdugo. That guy's really? whole vibe just pisses me off. I don't know why. <laughs> Usually I like players who like have some like swagger and confidence and all that. But I just look at Alex Verdugo and I get so irritated, man. Like the Would big chain and I just I don't know. You know, you gonna try and fight him. I might. I'd like to see that. Do mm-hmm. you think we should send this off to his like agent or rep or something and be like, hey, this guy in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada wants to throw down. I'll fight you, Alex Verdugo. I would know. Oh, there it is. Um, so yeah, Jay's on a nice little uh, nice little run here. Still sitting first in the ALE. So let's take a look ahead. Brought to you by the Sports Closet. Head to sportscloset.ca. Load up on Jay's gear, just like Bag Milk did the other day. What'd you get, Bag Milk? Take us through your shopping order. So... Opening day, mm-hmm. I got my Bichette jersey, mm-hmm. Flatty jersey. Mm-hmm. Last weekend, I went to Lids. They also had a sale on. I'm getting good deals here, Tyler. Good man. Picked up a couple of Jays hats. Got a fresh one on today, actually. Looking good. Feeling good. What are you writing you down? Nothing. Don't worry about it. Okay. <laughs> I'm oh, always right. I went to Sports Closet and they had a hat sale on and I got two. How's that? That's much better. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's look ahead. They're off to Houston for three. And uh, this is an Astros team. Oh, phone's off while we're recording bag milk. Thank Sorry you. Uh, Houston, an average start. They're 500 as it sits right now. Six and six. Uh, they scored 40, 41 runs. They've allowed 48. So they're minus seven on the season. But 
This series is going to start with an interesting matchup on the bump as the Jays are going with Ross Stripling. Houston's going to be going with Justin Verlander in game one. Uh, Verlander still got it. His ERA is under one as he's set to make his third appearance of the season. That's a hell of a way to try to extend your winning streak to three games by going Stripling versus Verlander. Yeah, this 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 Friday matchup is exactly why you're very happy they won on Thursday because that is quite the mismatch. Verlander looks ridiculously good mm-hmm. so far this season, but fortunately the Jays, the following game after that, have their ace going. And I'm still saying that despite the game that Kevin Gosman just had and as good as he looked, and despite the fact that I admitted it, it was probably the best start by a Blue Jay in five years, seven years, six years, maybe, who knows? I still think Alec Manoa is the, the ace of the staff. And I still feel extremely confident when he's the one coming out to start. I'm just trying to wrap my head around this travel schedule. They're played today, yeah. Thursday, in Boston. Mm-hmm. And they have to fly to Houston mm-hmm. and play tomorrow. Tomorrow night. Wild. Yeah. And then when they're done with Houston on Sunday, they have to fly back home because the Red Sox are in Toronto on Monday. They got to go to Houston, Toronto. They got the old frequent flyer miles in. Mm-hmm. They're all getting upgraded Good. to first class. Goodness gracious. Uh, Alec Manoa, like you said, Coombsy, the big man, he's going to get game I think two. It's the next jersey, by the way. Manoa? Manoa. That's going to be my next jersey, too. Yeah. I big love man Manoa. chucks him. Uh, 24 years old, six foot six, 285 pounds. You can imagine just a thick boy, uh, 12 innings pitch, 13 strikeouts, whip 0.92 ERA 1.5. The Jays have won both of the games that this guy's been on the bump and Houston is going with Jose. You're quitty. You're quitty. I always butcher that. Did I get, did I even get close? Uh, I think you did. Yeah. You're you're quitty. It's just tricky because I always want to put the R on the other side of it. That's why I get messed up. Uh, He has not been great so far this season. His ERA is sitting at seven through two games this year. He's only thrown nine innings and he's allowed seven earned runs on the year. And then the series finale, which is a Sunday afternoon game out in Houston which means it'll be yeah two o'clock Eastern time. Uh, Kikuchi will be back on the bump and he'll be going up against Garcia's Is he a little two- guy who Kikuchi as in like, what's he listed at? Yeah. Just like, um, six just- foot two Oh five. Oh, it's a decent size guy. I expect a regular size guy. There's just a regular size man there. Uh, yeah. He chucks him pretty good, yeah. pretty hard, but he looks like a smaller guy. Um, Luis Garcia going for Houston in that series finale, 2.79 ERA. His last time out against the LA Angels, he went five and two thirds, allowed three earned and struck out seven. Cam enjoys my input. <laughs> yeah, that was, I just like watching Tyler get visibly upset. It's really funny. Visibly upset about what? You're very clearly visibly upset. You're the drill tweet right now where he's like, don't tell the newspapers I got mad. <laughs> and he asked me to be on this podcast too. So. Yeah, this is your idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I texted you. I said, hey, are you coming into work? And you were like, yes. And I was like, hey, we're recording BJN if you want to stop by. Just a nice open invite. And then as we were about to record, you're like, are you coming in? I was like, yeah. So I got questions. You've seen how much of a disaster having the two of us on a podcast together is with the Others Nation podcast. And here you are making these decisions. I think this was a fine decision. That's, I'm learning. You can't get mad at me for learning. And I think it's good content to have you learning. I think people it's like fun. it. Do you have any other it's, questions it's about relatable. the weekend or about the week of games? I'm just, again, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this travel schedule. Like Boston to Houston up to Toronto is a fucking madness. That's madness. In a span of it's four insane. days, five days. Mm-hmm. Mm. One day we'll be making a flight to Toronto when we take the nation vacation from yeah. Edmonton to the six. For When's some, that going to be? August 12th weekend. It sounds like. Mm-hmm. 
Really? Twelfth so would be a Jays game, which would be a Friday. Saturday okay. would go see TFC, something a little different. Sunday That's Jays, fun. Monday fly home back to Edmonton. Monday we go to Toronto Island and do acid. Yeah, yeah, and get nude. Isn't there a nude beach out there? Correct. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's fun. Wow. It's a blast. I gotta get some sun on my peaches. <laughs> Shout out to our friends at Points Bet Canada. The Jays open up as underdogs in game one of the series. <laughs> Plus 142 on the money line. Points Bet Canada. That's easy money. I post a different parlay on the Blue Jays Nation social, courtesy of Points Bet Canada. So if you want to play along, take some risks with me, play responsibly, download the Points Bet Canada app if you're out in Ontario. Take a risk. It's the most Edmonton thing you can do. He says to a podcast that's about 60% Toronto listeners. We looked into the analytics and it's mostly from Ontario, but we've still, we've still kind of wrapped our heads around. Nobody would ever listen to this unless you're from Edmonton and you need to hear weirdos that sound like they play on your ball hockey team talking about the Jays. <laughs> if you are in Toronto, why not come to Edmonton and check out the River Hawks for some real baseball? That is our team of college kids that play down in our. Wait, are they still a college kid team? I thought they were an indie league team. No, they're a college kid team. I'm looking forward. Who to owns it. the team? Is it Randy Gregg? Randy yeah, Gregg, Randy former Gregg. Oiler. Uh, yeah, Doctor Randy Gregg. Jared and Sales is on the board of that team as well, so you know we're going, Kumsi. Mm-hmm. Who is Jared? Sales guy, dude. Jared Sharp. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they serve a- beer in bats. Like a hollowed out bat? Like a hollowed yeah, out yeah, bat yeah. and you get a beer in it. So you can take a full swing with that thing. And then we can attack each other after having a cold one. So we could have a, <laughs> we could have a, we could have a, like a, like a wet fight. Yeah. I was telling this to bag milk, but at the, at the dome, you can bring in outside food, right? You can anything people have, uh, there was a, there was a guy who made a shtick of this a few years back. And, uh, one of the meals he brought was a full charcuterie. Oh. Like meat and cheese spread, oh. grapes, jams, different mustards and stuff. And it looked amazing. What about a BYOB? You allowed to BYOB? No. Cook, cook an security. entire lasagna and yeah. then just put beers inside the lasagna. I'm just going to bring a six foot sub hot. in when I go in August. <laughs> <laughs> we'll share it. Old lady in the trampet. Yeah, that'd be nice. By the time the seventh <laughs> inning rolls around, I'm just full of bread and booze and kissing Tyler. Both full of cold cuts. <laughs> <laughs> you should make a bit of that when we go on the trip yeah, yeah bring a whole bunch of weird meals in there we should have a competition to see who can bring the more most fucked up thing in yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fly some bring noodle, noodle out to toronto no i'm just gonna bring an entire lamb shank or something you know i'm gonna bring in a lobster yeah just a still alive a live lobster and then we'll <laughs> one, take its little right elastics off the game, its i went to the grocery store and pulled it out of the tank <laughs> i my chose my food. own <laughs> Yeah, makes sense. All right. Well, we're getting close to the 30 minute mark here. So that seems like a good enough time to wrap up this podcast. Mm. What an adventure. How many think they've taken from uh, from the Astros, Coombsy? Well, teach me. What are, what are the Houston Astros like? They're cheaters. We know this. Yeah, we know they're cheaters. Uh, we know that they've been pretty average this season. Like I said, they're 500. So I just, the starting pitching matchups concern me because Garcia and Verlander are good, right? So that would be the one area. And the Jays offense hasn't been as strong as we kind of thought it would be as well. So. Yeah, it kind of looks like, and I hate to say this, I don't want to be a downer, but it kind of looks like the kind of series they're going to lose two Mm -hmm. or three, but you never know. I mean, you say they split the first two and then you go into the third one. Anything can happen. Maybe I'm not super confident. I'm happy they won the head to head against the Red Sox. That's what matters. Mm -hmm. If you go and kind of, 
have a bleh April trip to Houston. It's not the end of the world. You can live with it. So as long as you don't get swept, I'm fine. Maybe some bats come alive, you know? Sure. Could use a Why hit. not? A couple of pokes here and there. Now Kevin Biggio goes back home and hits a double or something. That'd be cool. Or a guy Love like it. Bo, maybe he wakes up a little bit, you know? It's possible. Yeah, and he was good today. It looked like he's starting to take some steps towards being kind of the Bobichette we needed. Um, so that'd be great if, if Bo could keep rolling. And you never know. Like again, we're I, I feel like sin, it does in a way, you're right, Cam. Feel like a series that maybe you drop two or three just because you're going out to Houston. They never tend to have great luck out there, it feels like at least. Um, but at the same time, Blue Jays team supposed to be one of the elite in the league. And if you want to be in that group, you go to Houston, you take two out of three, damn it. Yeah, I want to ask you guys a question. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the uh what's it called? with the little buttons that the catchers have this year. instead of the traditional oh, signs. I, I honestly haven't even put much thought into it just because it doesn't bother me or anything like that. Like it's just a thing. I don't know. It's cool. I find it interesting. Yeah. It's interesting for sure. I didn't know stealing signs was that big of a problem. Cam. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's not like a hot button issue because of the whole Astros thing. There's obviously other teams yeah. doing it too. Like, nothing's come out about the Yankees yet, but we all know that they have something going on as with the Red Sox. Same thing there. But I mean, I don't know, whatever, like guys have been doing that forever. Like if you hit a double, that's kind of one of the things that's advantageous is then you can look in and try yeah. and figure out what pitch is coming to help your guy out. But I don't know they're going to try and crack down on this and make it less of a thing. Cause it's a bad look. It's a, it's a bad optic. If you're a casual baseball fan, you think that cheating's a big thing, especially now that betting has made its way into sports. Like, so, so, in, so aggressively, yeah, like that is true. you don't really like the idea that, outcomes can be decided by shitty umpiring or cheating or things that don't seem like they're a real part of the sport. Shitty umpiring is one of the things that I noticed a lot in this series where the pitches were just three, four or five inches outside and they're still getting called strikes. Like it wasn't as bad as the Oakland series. That was just brutal. Like the, 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 the balls and strike calls in the Oakland series were hilarious. It's so arbitrary. It's so interesting that it's just one of those things where it's one person's perspective. And yeah. that's the way she goes in that first game. There was a couple when the Jays were trying to tie it up late in the game that I was and early in the game, to be fair, there was a few that Kikuchi got that I was like, mm, mm-hmm. maybe didn't deserve that one. And but then it really came back to bite the Jays late in the game. That was my point. We got to also point out that uh, it was at the second game. I think with Brios pitching Angel Hernandez was behind the plate and he's a notoriously erratic umpire, like a big ump show guy. He was and the one who had- uh, gave the ball four when Kikuchi licked his fingers. He Was he? Yeah, he was the one on first well, base. That's, that's a rule, though. If yeah, you're it is, standing on I, the I thing, still thought you can't put your. If you want to do that, you have to step off. So that's yeah. fair. That's a rule. What is the rule? That's not a big deal. If yeah, you're on the if you're if on you, the rubber, you can't lick your fingers because they don't want spitballs. Oh. oh, okay. So you have to step off, do it, and show that you're wiping it off to go. But the Angel Hernandez's calls were. It, it was. I think the um, that um calculator tracker thing said that it was the most accurate game he has ever called in his career. Holy shit! Shout he was like ninety eight percent accurate. Yeah, unreal. Like, not something I would have expected after what we dealt with with uh, Jeff Nelson over the weekend. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, we're going to wrap this thing up. Uh, Coomzy, you enjoy this series. And, uh, oh boy, that was weird. My One voice. more time. Take two. Take two. Coomzy, you enjoy this series against the Astros, <laughs> and you have yourself a great weekend. Bag Milk, thanks for best, joining us. Best wishes. All right, this has been episode 69. Nice of nice. the Blue Jays Nation radio podcast. Shout out to DoorDash, the Sports Closet, sportscloset.ca, and our friends at Points Bet Canada. We'll talk to you again after the Jays. Take on the Astros. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.